You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 85, and today we're talking about how you can blow up your personal brand and turn your business around. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Thursday edition of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm here on my own today. No Tim Hyde joining me. Tim and I have been very busy. We have recorded the next couple of episodes. We've managed to catch up and do that, but not in time for getting this out to you and in your earbuds on a Thursday, which is obviously when this podcast comes out every single week. So I've decided to do something a little bit different today and we're still coming to you. But before we do, I'd like to ask you a question. How are you traveling, seeing we're almost halfway through the year, with the goals that you set back in January. Now, if you're like me, you start off the beginning of January with amazing goals for the next 12 months to achieve. And to be able to achieve those goals, obviously we need to do certain things in our business or in your business to make sure that you're on track. So if you looked right now, are you on track to achieving your goals for the end of 2019? I know a lot of people I've spoken to have said that the year's getting away from them already and I, I know, I totally I totally feel that. The years and the days and the months go so quickly. So it's really, really important to have a plan because even though some days you don't feel like you're getting a huge amount done, at least if you're following a plan, you are ticking things off every day or you're heading in the right direction. Even if you only do better 1% today than you did yesterday over the course of a year, that's 365%, right? So it's about constantly getting those things done. So I'm running an online training on Friday that I want to tell you about right now. It's called Expert to Authority. Um, Whether you're a coach or a consultant, whether you're an author, a speaker, or a course creator, maybe you're creating courses or want to be creating courses, then it is totally possible to still get to six figures this year if you know the steps. So I'm running this online training this week. So Sydney time or Australian Eastern Standard Time. I know we're not all from Sydney on Friday, June 21st at 10 a.m. And for those in the US, Thursday, June 20th, 5 p.m. Pacific. And I'm going to be taking you through the eight sprints that I've discovered that work and did work for me to take my coaching business to six figures. There was a few years there where I was spinning my wheels. I just couldn't quite get it happening. But once I figured out that I was doing things in the wrong order, 
everything fell into place. So I'm going to be going through that training this week and I would love you to come if reaching six figures in your business is something that you would like to do this year. I'd love you to join me. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash webinar and register and I would absolutely love to hang out with you there on Friday. It'll be so much fun. And if you haven't joined us in my free Facebook group, join us business success community. I would love to have you there. Uh, We're starting to get some really great people in there who are all really reaching and working towards reaching their six figures this year. It was quite interesting. I had someone post on Facebook about the magical six figures. And I don't think six figures is that magical at all. However, I do think it's something really great to aim for and then, you know, have a focus. So I guess, you know, we're all a bit different, but I think it's a nice, a nice starting point to get there and to start getting the systems and the procedures set so that you can reach that and then go beyond. So just, I'd love you to register samanthariley.global forward slash webinar. But today's episode, I'm bringing you another case study episode. And today I've asked Ricky Zollinger to come onto the show and chat with us. I've known Ricky since I met him back in 2015. He was actually the person that videoed my um, Amplify Your Influence conference over in Santa Monica a few years ago. And at that time, he was just brand new in business. Uh, While he was recording our conference, he learned so much and reached out to me. Basically, as soon as my plane hit the ground in Sydney, there was a message there waiting with Ricky saying, Sam, oh my goodness, that conference was amazing. I want to work with you. And what we're going to share today is his story uh, and his journey that, like most entrepreneurs, has a bit of a crazy beginning. Uh, He's going to share the learnings of that those first few years and what he did to actually turn his business around. And let me tell you, it's not going to be what you think. It is a very cool what he understood had to be done to turn his business around when he had this moment of clarity and really a moment of self-truth and self-reflection to figure out what needed to be done. Uh, So I'm super excited to bring you Ricky Zollinger, Uh, listen to his story. It's absolutely fantastic. And I'm really, really excited to share this with you today. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Ricky. It's so awesome to have you here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here, Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to sharing this story because I've known you for quite a few years now and I've watched you go on a journey and it's a journey and a half. It's a journey and a half of an overnight success, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. A lot of a lot of work in the in the part, first part, and then you finally get there, and it kind of just all falls into place. It's great. And I and I think any business owner goes, "Oh, a big journey of a lot of work." I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I first met you, I was in Santa Monica, and uh, I don't even know if you remember this, but I put out a message on Facebook saying, "Does anyone want to?" Oh, is there anyone that can video my conference? Yeah. And you reached out within like, I reckon about three minutes. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is so cool. And anyway, you said that you would do it. And the day of the conference, I will never forget you walking in the room. I was doing a Facebook Live with Joe Pardo. So big shout out to Super <laughs> Joe Pardo over there. 
and we're Facebook Live and you walk in the room with this look on your face like, I do not want to be here. And in my head, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Well, do you remember I explained it too. I had just come back from like the longest three days in Vegas, but day Uh in Vegas for everyone who's been there before knows it just goes on. And I had woken up like, man, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I just like got myself together and went over. And I, by the end of the day, though, I was, I was pretty pumped up. So Oh, can I, I just say, like, you had a fan here. I remember at dinner, I'm just like, this guy is just so much fun. Well, tell us the journey that you went on to get to that point, because that was your own business then, back in, yeah. I think, 2015. Tell us the journey to, to that part of the business. So to where we were in 2015 is a little bit of a, it's a funny story because I was an an intern. I was in San Diego, California, interning for a production company called Pixel Productions, where I met my soon to be business partner, where he's technically my boss then because I was an intern. So, I mean, after, you know, so many, so many days go by while you're interning, we were like, man, we're roughly the same age. We have like roughly the same interests. Like we should probably be friends. So we became friends and then I graduated and we're like, whoa, we're like the same person. We should start a company. But these are two like 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds just saying, let's start a company. Like, we don't really know what we're doing. Uh This is a media company. So we started this company and we're just doing all these odd jobs for very little money. But for us then, we were like, well, we're making money on our own. We had this video series with this coffee guy and we did like 10 videos for like 500 bucks and we were splitting it. And it was just like a ridiculous amount of work. And But to us, we're like, we're making money. It's great as you can tell, like that wasn't going to go very far. We very much. And we just weren't doing like that. Well, we did, but we had nothing to compare it to because this was our first company. And that was like my first job out of college as well. So I just didn't really know what to compare hard work to. And in like college for me, wasn't hard work. That was like, it was either having fun or it was just like, eh, well, I can get by. Yeah. I remember at that time because you did come on to work with me then and, and we're still working together. But I remember you, we, us going through the numbers and I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> I don't, I oh don't my know. gosh. I, I, don't totally know pro- is, <laughs> I don't know that this I is sustainable. Because <laughs> we went through, we were going through a class. Yes, we were going through one of your programs. And yeah, I, I can only imagine what you were thinking at that time. Uh, yeah. But I think it's great. You, you were so excited that you're out there and you're doing it. And, you know, I take my hat off to anyone that goes into business for themselves because it's such hard work and such a massive learning curve. You'd started this company and you weren't making that much money. Now, this is a really cool part of the story because I think this, what happened next for you is something that a lot of people wouldn't do because so many people are, say, are too scared to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and get a job. But you made this decision and I'd love you to share why you did because I think this is actually a massive value bomb here. Yeah. So, and actually I want to add one part to the story that I forgot to mention. In the yeah, previous yeah. So check this out. I totally forgot. So Dylan, my business partner, who's still my business partner now and was my business partner then, we were trying to launch this show called Burgers, Bites, and Brews. I remember it so specifically. That's right. So we're trying to launch the show. We're actually working with a real network. So we like, we're like right there, like all this good stuff's about to happen. And he's out there pitching it to all these companies. And I just remember him calling me after a meeting and I was like expecting to hear like news, either good or bad, it doesn't matter. But I was like, what's up, man? He's like, dude, crazy stuff. It's like, I was out pitching to this company and they like understand what we're doing, but like they offered me a job and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hang on a minute. That wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> and, and I was like, that wasn't part of the plan. And so 
I was like, damn. I was like, well, does it pay well? And he's like, yeah, it pays well. And I was like, man, would you like it? He's like, yeah, I would like it. And I was like, bro, you got to go do it. I was just like, there's no arguing it. Like you, we're struggling right now. You should go handle your business. And I remember I was like crushed. I was like, damn, this is tough. But shortly after, so back to what we were talking about. Shortly after that, I was like, man, maybe he's doing it right. Because so, so what I was looking at, I was like, man, this can't be all for us. Like, I don't think I'm operating at a high enough level. I think that it might be smart to go back and just go into a company that's, you know, relative to what I want to do and kind of see how they're doing it so that I can learn more because I don't think I had, no, I don't think I, had, I did not have the skills necessary to be successful. I wasn't particularly good at any one thing, whether that was filming or being a salesman or editing, like I was very average at all three. So I had spoken to you and I was like, Hey, what do you think? Like, I think probably I'm, I'm probably going to go get a full-time job because I'm just like, in my head, I don't, I didn't tell you to, in this way, but I was like, I'm just not very good at anything. So like, why don't I go learn how to do something really well? Yep. So it all just kind of worked out. And at the time I had a contact at this media production company called Food Beast, which is this food news publication, which is just awesome. They're doing such innovative stuff and they still are. Shout out to Food Beast. They're still my friends and family and they, I appreciate everything we went through, but they hired me at Food Beast. I was essentially like an entry level editor, producer, shooter, and I just hit the ground running. Through that time, they were teaching me how to shoot, edit, talk to clients, how to sell, everything. And uh, so I was just operating at such a high level. And on top of that, once I had these newly acquired skills, I was like, all right, well, I have that entrepreneurial side. Why don't I take on clients as well? So I'm taking on clients. I remember multiple times I would grab gear. They were awesome and they knew I was doing my own stuff. So they'd let me borrow gear. I'd grab gear at night. I'd wake up at 530 you know, go work out. And then I had to shoot like 8am. I go shoot with a client from like eight to 10. I'd be calling into work, like getting my, uh, we have like an everyday, like stand up meeting. Uh-huh. I'd be calling on my way and getting my stand up in, I'd get to the office, get to work, work till six or seven, leave, start my work again. And you know, the process repeats. So I was doing all these clients. So talking about hop- operating at a high level, I went from like not accomplishing anything to teaching myself, and learning through the company and like they're paying me to like teach myself. And that's something that I think that anybody listening could, it's a huge takeaway is that like mm. if a company wants to hire you and it's essentially a paid teaching position, right? So yes. if you're teaching yourself how to get better. So I was a pretty like not good, pretty like bottom of the line videographer when I got in and I was like, you know what? I'm learning a lot. Let me see how I can get better. I like started researching, researching and I was doing all these YouTube videos. You can learn a whole career on YouTube, honestly. Yeah, totally. YouTubing, like how to make better videos. Like, oh, what do I need? Looking at all the equipment I need. And I just was like, all right, fuck it. I know what I need. I spent like seven, between seven and $10,000 on gear throughout the year. So I just like filled my whole stock of gear up. I had a client list. I had all this stuff in place and I was working this full-time job too, which and it was all fun. And I was just learning and I'm a thousand percent better than I was when I went in. So it was just a huge blessing in disguise that I was like, well, let me just try this job and try and get better. And you know, like I said, I said it earlier, like operating at a high level, I was doing nothing to like doing so much. It was, it was everything I needed to do. And I think that this is such an important piece too, because a lot of people miss this and just think a job as being a bad thing. But in actual fact, it relieved the pressure of finances. It put you in front of a lot of people that you wouldn't necessarily have had the chance to meet. So it's building your network. You're learning the skills, you know, high level, because it is, like you say, very successful. I mean, their videos are fantastic. You were around people that were making viral videos, which in this day and age is 
you know, so valuable in itself. So there's so many pieces to that story that has allowed you to move forward to where you are right now. Yes. I think there's something else that you did really, really well while you had this job was you built your personal brand. And this is something that I remember saying to you, Ricky, you need to build your personal brand. And I remember you saying, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, no, you really do need to build your personal brand. And you did this really well. Can you tell us how you started doing that? Because you did that while you're at Food Beast, really, didn't you? Yeah. And let me just mention one thing to you about that as well. Like before I was doing that, everything we were doing together, you were telling me to do it. But for some reason, when you're not a doer, when you haven't like established yourself as a doer, and you hear what you're supposed to do, you just don't do it. When I started taking action on all the things I was supposed to do, and then I was in the right place to hear your advice, then I took over. And then what I ended up doing is like, all right, so I'm working at this food media company. I'm able to get on camera. They have really cool videos. So I was doing these food news videos where me and the Food Beast News team, we're all just like, okay, we're out here at X, L, Y, and Z, and we're trying this awesome videos. And so I was like, well, you know, right now my lower third says Ricky Zollinger, but my lower third could be anything. It could yeah. be flex and food. And at the time, I've always been interested in working out. Fitness was always the first thing. It still is. And then videography was a second. And then food was a third. It's something I realized, like, we all love food. I just didn't realize how interesting the game actually was because of what's happening all the time. And there's this whole back-end business built in through, like, food, social media that I was like, wow, this is very interesting. So I started doing this dumb thing and I still remember it. The first like three or four posts, I, I know my friends were talking shit all the way through. <laughs> like, one, like one of my friends was telling my other friends, like, he's got to stop doing this. Like, what's he doing? And then my one friend was like telling the other, I was like, what is this dumb shit? Like, he's got to stop doing it. But what I was doing is I was taking the unique food items and I was like flexing with it. So I'd flex my arms or flex my shoulders or flex whatever. And I was like flexing and like showing this food item. And I was like, started my own before it was my username it was a hashtag so it was like flexing food like it started as this sarcastic joke like just uh-huh. a joke funny but in to some respects it's still a joke but like did i get my angle though like I, i'm oh. like did i get all did i cover my bases because it's still a joke and funny but did i did i do my work and i just remember the tide shifting from friends like talking shit on it to like oh okay we see what you're doing now you're like you're branding yourself and you're you're building a following in this stuff and and then they shifted too but i I was like if i had listened to them then i would have never followed through it's just funny like if you have a good feeling about something you just gotta ride it out oh listen to the value bombs that are being dropped right now number one taking action brings clarity you don't get clarity before you take the action yes 100 percent. number two your brand bringing together your values what's really important to you and your passions and number three back yourself know that what you're doing is for a reason whether or not it works out it really doesn't matter yours worked out straight up but it doesn't matter you backed yourself went no i'm just going with this i love this yeah what do i have to lose like like and my friend my best friend Derek mcconnell and i we had already been flexing on stuff all the time and like that was more normal per se all I did was add food in it because that's what I'm working in. Like, what's the difference? And so he was always on my side. And I was like, I think it's brilliant. He thinks it's brilliant. I got other friends telling me I'm dumb. But like, we were like, I think we're onto something. Yeah, and totally. I just kept running it. And, you know, it, it turned into something like people like it. And, you know, you know, it's funny. People love it or 
people pretend they hate me, but I know deep down they like it. It's just because <laughs> I'm like, like I, I know I've done it before. Before I was just like positive, optimistic person. I used to like be like, oh, what a douchebag. I hate all these people. But now like I understand why people do the things they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it just turned into something. And I was like, okay, I think I can make a brand out of this. And I've done it. Totally. There's enough serious stuff in our lives with like, let's have a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. and that's what we want to see. We want to see someone having fun, something that makes us smile. And, you know, you, that's definitely what you're capturing. I, I think your Insta stories are totally hilarious. <laughs> I love them. You were at Food Beast. Now you're back running your own company. How did you make that transition and how did that come about? How long had you been at Food Beast? What was it that made you go, actually, I'm ready to jump out? Can you take us on that journey? There was quite a few things were happening. For the first year, they sent me on like seven or eight trips. And I like cruises to Bermuda, like literally like awesome things. I went to China to cover uh, Suzhou cuisine, which is like a historic royalty cuisine. And like, I'm going all these places, I'm doing all these things, I'm having so much fun and I'm learning the whole time. So that's amazing. But it was after the first year. And I remember it specifically because they were so accommodating. I like had my, my yearly, like, like my yearly meeting. I don't know. I don't know corporate structure, so I don't understand like the actual terms, but it's basically like your yearly meeting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I remember having my yearly meeting with my CEO and awesome guy. And he's just like, well, what can we do to like keep you happy? And I was like, I'd love to be on camera more and I'd love to travel more. I was already traveling a lot, but got it done. We'll send you everywhere and you'll be on camera. And they continue to do it, but it stopped making me happy because once the flash of just traveling was gone, I was like, okay, I'm doing this thing. And I'm creating this fantastic content that I think is better than 99% of people in this realm. But it's not for me. And it's, yeah, like offhandedly building my brand, but it's not really building my brand because I'm Uh building another. It sounds negative. I don't mean it negative. Like I loved building the brand with them, but I know internally. And I think that, you know, Sam and entrepreneurs know that inside of you, it's not going to be the same if you're working for someone. It's just not. So I lost my fire and my passion. And I remember... It was like after a year and about two months after we had the year conversation where I thought, you know, they gave me everything I wanted and I thought everything was going to be great. I was like, man, I'm not happy. And then all of a sudden, like smack in the face, I was depressed, like flat out, just like, you know, when you like, you watch a TV show or a movie and everything's in gray and slow and you're just like, yes, it was real life. I was living that. And I was just like, I'm so unhappy. And I would go into work and I would do the bare minimum. And it just... And these are my friends, mind you. Everyone in that company, they're my friends. And I got into that company because of friends. So I have all this internal guilt. And I'm just like, oh, like, I'm not working hard for them, but I don't know what to do. I'm super depressed. I I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this office. Like, I just didn't want any of it. And Mm -hmm. all simultaneously, while I'm having the best time of my life outside of it, creating content for other people and shooting and editing and doing other stuff. On the outside, you're living the life, exactly what you'd you'd asked for. Right, exactly. So I just, but I just felt an overwhelming sense of guilt. And the part of me that knew I could never work for someone has come out. It's never a good thing when I'm working for someone else because eventually I stopped caring. Mm. And eventually I just like, well, sorry. And I didn't <laughs> want to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in high school, in high school, I got, I was ASB president and I worked at In N Out. You know, In N Out. Sorry. I know my Australian. Yeah, my yes. Australian folks. Yep. I do know In N Out. I worked In N Out. Great job. Made a lot of money. I stopped going. I just literally stopped going. Wow. And they fired me finally. And I was like, ah, see ya. I was like, <laughs> it's over. But the, the truth is, is that I just stopped caring. 
and it's really bad. And I could see me approaching that. So that was half of why I knew I needed to leave. The other half of why I knew I needed to leave is because I knew that I needed to do it for myself because I will never care about something that I'm working on. That's Flex and food or Ricky Zollinger. I'll never care about it the way I care about something else. Just won't. I just won't. And I see it when I work with other, sometimes when I work with other people and they're doing stuff for me, I can kind of see it in them too. I'm like, oh, mm, like maybe you could have done a little better here, but it's all good. Like I was there too. Those were the two main reasons. And the way I was able to kind of shift it is I had been working with people throughout the time at Food Beast. I'd always been taking on side clients. I had always been taking on, you know, anything I could to make an extra buck because, you know, why not? I, the, yep. the business on the table, you don't leave it. I had been building up clientele. So that what I really did was like, okay, I have these clients. Is there a need for any of them to, instead of doing a one-off video, can I like, can I sell them on like monthly content? You know, I knew better than anyone that being at Food Beast, you are your content. So if you're yes. not posting three, four, five times a week and high quality stuff, I mean, it's going to show like no matter what. Yeah. So I was like, all right, so I bet I can like leverage some of my clients now and be like, hey, you should really do like a weekly series. One of my clients, Elizabeth, she's amazing. She's working on her motivational speaker reel. So she was like, we can do this thing where I build this, this con- build out this content and it's basically motivational speaking to the camera. I was like, perfect. Let's script this out. Let's start shooting this monthly. So she was my first one. And I knew if I had her and like one more, I was like, I could, I could scrape by and I could just leave. So I got her and I didn't even get the one more. I was like, you know what? I just got to a point and I was like, I have to do this now. I remember uh, talking to my boss, head of video, Mark, and it's emotional for me because I care about these people and I'm walking with them. I'm like, hey man, like, I think I need to be out on my own. Like, it's a little bit tough and I'm getting emotional and he's getting emotional because we're both, you know, the video team there, we were, we're like brothers. Like literally we're three people doing the work of like 10 and just killing it and like really handling it. And uh, so we both get emotional. He understands. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was I'm so glad he understands because like that was the one person I really didn't want to upset because it was like my brother, my boss and like a father figure in a sense. We're not that far apart in age, but he had taught me so much and he's a little older and he was my boss. I was like, man, I really don't want to disappoint him. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. You have to, have to, have to. I was getting depressed because I wasn't doing that. So he understood and I, and I did it and I just left with no real, I had some things in place. The other things I'm like, I can figure this out. And the honest truth is we can figure it out. Resourcefulness is going to be an entrepreneur's best friend. That is my favorite word ever, resourcefulness, because there is always someone, there is always some place, there's always a way to figure it out. There's always someone that you can ask, some place you can go. We have everything at our fingertips. It's just opening our minds to thinking in a different way and stop asking how, because that's such a dead-ended question. If you already, if you don't know how, asking that question isn't helpful at all because you don't know the answer. Focusing on the problem or focusing on the solution. I've yeah. turned into a solution-focused person, and that was able, that's how I was able to shift it. Yeah, beautiful. That's huge. Okay, so that was part of it. And then the other thing with you, so we linked back up, and I was like, all right, I kind of have some money coming in. Like, all right, let's really focus on how I can get others, like another, let's get another source of income, and let's scale that one. Uh-huh. So we were talking, about, I was like, well, what do I know well? I was like, well, I, I know the restaurant industry well. I was a bartender for 10 years, and I make awesome videos. I know food media. I was like, oh, my gosh. I can run social media accounts for restaurants who are lost in the times and Fullerton, bless their hearts, Fullerton, California, my hometown. I am very prideful of my, I was HB president Fullerton high school. Like (laughs) the Fullerton boy, (laughs) this is my town. I had to take a lot of pride, but they're about five years behind in social media. 
Uh-huh. So I was like, okay. And I have good connections. I was like, I think I can sell some of these owners on letting me run their Instagram accounts. And because I know what I'm doing, I, I know how to grow their business. I know how to like get eyes on their business. So I started doing that. So I start talking to everyone in Fullerton. I'm like, I'm going, having a drink, leaving a card, talking to a manager. Okay. I'll follow up with an email. And so I did a few. And then fortunately a couple of like pretty cool friends of mine. Uh, well, one, his name's Taylor. Taylor was a really good friend of mine, a regular at the bar I worked at. He began owning part of this restaurant with a couple other guys. Uh-huh. And it was, this, and he's like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So two restaurants, I went from zero restaurants to two accounts overnight. And I had already the content that I'm creating for entrepreneurs. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, okay, just matched my salary with three accounts with the one Elizabeth who I was working with and the two uh-huh. restaurants. I'm, I'm good to go. But it was almost like as soon as I let go of the pressure of trying to pay my bills, which I did, I was like, I can cover this. Like then I started, that's when the flood happened. Cause now I have all these shoots and all these other things that are, opportunities are coming out of nowhere. It feels like. Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. email? I don't, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's make videos. I'll post stuff for you on my page or let's, let's work together somehow. And it's just been amazing to see. I'm a huge believer in, in uh, the law of attraction and just kind of like energy. You and, and me both. Yeah. So as soon as I was like, oh, this will happen for me. And I stopped worrying about it and I just started working hard at it. Everything started coming my way. Yeah, because when you focus on, oh my goodness, I don't have enough money, guess what you're attracting into your life? Oh yeah, no, all your money. I don't have money. Yeah. yeah I, went from, I went from literally like, oh, there's a word for it that I, I use in every day. It's uh, like, it's just not enough. You're just coming from a place of not enough. Yeah. Like, and my parents, you know, growing up, we weren't rich, we weren't poor, we had our moments, but I, my mom came from a very, very poor background. Very poor. From Mexico, eight brothers and sisters homeless or sharing one bed, like she came from a real place of just never having enough. So no matter how well they were doing, bless me, mom, I love you. But she was kind of feeding that to me. Even as a young child, I remember being like eight years old and having this like stress, like, oh, it's raining. What if the house starts like dripping? We're not going to be able to afford it. Like, oh my gosh. Like I, I, I remember so clearly I had the deepest worries, even as a child. Just, and it came, and I have to imagine it came from that, but I carried that for so long to actually get away from that and to see how easily money can come in when yes. you start focusing on the right things was just insane. I love like, that. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never go back the other way because I get it now. Yes. And my mom gets it too because I've been preaching at her since then. I was like, we can't come from this place of, oh, well, I, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> I can't think of the word. It's a very simple word. Like lack or. Well, yeah, it's a lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but we're just coming from a place of lack thereof. And it's like, if you do that, like you said, all you're projecting to the world is, I don't have enough, so don't give me enough. Yeah, totally. When you, come to the, when you come from a place of, I have all I need, I have everything I need, you get more of all you need. Totally. Now, you went from Food Beast into your own business. It worked really well. Yeah. What I want to talk about or what I want to dive into is the clarity of how you knew what it was you were going to do, because I know there's another story in here. I know because I was there. You know, it was one thing, you kind of knew all that, but can you take us on the journey of how you went from, I know there's something there to actually being clear on it? Because I think a lot of people think that they can't take action until they've got the clarity, but it's like the clarity comes from taking action. How did you figure out what exactly it was that you were going to do? Because I find that a lot of people don't ask for the sale because they don't even know what they're selling. And I know that there was a point where you're like, Sam, I know that I can do something, but I don't exactly know what it is. So can you tell us how you got that clarity? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. So in that depressed state, 
back when I was in Food Beast at the end, I was very depressed. I reached back out to you. You remember? It was very, it's kind of recent actually. now that we think well, about it, but I was like, it was like beginning of the year, but I was like, Sam, will you teach me again? Like, cause the first time you were teaching me, like we said, I wasn't a doer. I wasn't an action taker and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I had no, <laughs> and I think, and I think you were doing your best to shape me, but I was just a kid that was lost. Anyway. Which is funny yeah. because I thought you were, I thought you were doing so well anyway. I'll just say that. <laughs> I may have, I mean, operating at that level I was, I was probably doing okay. Yeah. But I came back to you. I was like, Sam, I think I have these skills in these three areas ish. Can you help me work through what you think it is I should do? So I got up back. We got back into our, our weekly calls and we started working through it. And I was like, all right. I was, I remember there was a Starbucks next to food beast on the block. So I was working till about seven. We had a meeting. I went over to Starbucks. We talked about it. I was like, all right, here's what I'm good at. Let's start working at it. So we like look at it. And I was like, I'm like, I, I know the restaurant industry. I know the pain points of a restaurant owner. I was a bartender. I know how to make content, really good content. And where we got clear is that we were like, well, there's a need. Well, I knew there was a need because I can see all of the social medias in Fullerton, hometown, born right there. I could see it all. <laughs> I can really bad, just real bad. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this isn't good. Like no one's doing good. Cause and I know this because I'm seeing other cities, specifically New York, LA, Seattle, Seattle has a crazy food scene, but I'm seeing all of these Instagram profiles just pop up and I'm like, they're amazing. And we're not doing any of that. And I was yeah. like, I can bring this to you and we, and I can bring this to Fullerton and I can really be a hit. Like I'm, I'm really certain of it. So we look at it. I'm like, okay, Sam, here's what I can do. I'm like, here's what I can do for a restaurant. Here's where a restaurant needs to go. And here's my skill set. Can you bridge the gap for me? So you're like, well, I can help you. Let's do it. So we literally just write out everything I'm going to do. We went through the services. We went through all the pain points. We went through everything that I would offer versus what I know they need. And we just built this model, but we built this sales model that I could just, I remember you saying, well, it's visual. We can write it out. We can write it out like everything they need. So we wrote it out. We wrote it out. There was like three different models too. Cause there was the first one we started with. Uh-huh, that we were uh-huh. together. There was the revised one that I worked on. And then there was the one that we like finalized together. And I was like, okay, I got it. But all like, it all kind of works into one thing. And that's, you know, I mean, if we can get people in the chairs and, you know, we can get money flowing in and we can keep them relevant in media, they're going to be happy. And those were the three things. Those are the things that all restaurants want. They want to be relevant. They want to be known in their niche. They want to have customers in the seat because that means money's coming in and they want to have money in the bank because that means they're secure. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want in like life in general? Money in the bank and money. Totally. Those are two of the three things we, that they needed. So I was like, all right, I can do this. So we worked out the plan. I went in to my, a couple more meetings because I was telling you that I was talking to everyone about what uh-huh, I uh-huh. And we kind of perfected it. And I was like, all right, I got this. So I got the meetings with my friends, which helpful friends at the plate, at the two restaurants that I manage now. I explained it out for them. I was like, here's what I can do. Here's where you guys are at. Probably doing okay. Could be better. Probably doing okay. Could be better. I was like, I'm going to take you from here to here. Now check this out. Everyone's talking about you. You got influencers coming in to talk about your food and this. And they were like, oh, wow. And then I like, explained the back end to them too. I'm like, this is how analytics work. Like, look how many uh, views your, your profile had this week. I can take this from here to here. I know I can because look at mine, X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, wow. So just explaining it to them in a way that they can understand and showing them where I could take them, kind of selling the dream. And they're like, all right, let's do it. So I sold them that. I've been executing on it. And they haven't been happier. I'm happier. And there we are. Totally. And that's only one part of it because what happens is into the packages I built in for them, I build in a video package. So Uh I do a video for their page. I post a video on my page. They get extra views. People see that I do videos and I get more video leads. It's just like this beautiful circle of business. It's just symbiotic. 
So what, I, what I'm hearing, the big step for you for getting that clarity was being able to articulate to these business owners in a way that they can understand in their language and helping them understand where they're at and where you can help them go rather than going, hey, I'm Ricky and I do content and I do social media and I do this. It's not about that at all, is it? It's, it's about taking them on a journey to help them understand if you come on as a client, through this exchange of money, this is what I help you achieve. And for them, they go, oh, I get it. Yeah, let's, it's a no-brainer. Of course, I'm going to work with you. Yeah, and that's 100%. It. And what really helped me is I knew the industry. Mm. So I, I can use all the jargon they use. I can use all the, all the ways they communicate things. Like I knew all the terminology. I was just like, this is what's happening to you, and I can help this. But yeah. I, I was because of my bartending experience, I knew how to I knew how to communicate. So that's huge. Knowing your niche is huge. Totally. Now, for anyone that's listening, I'd love you to share because this is your speciality. How important is it to build your personal brand, and how important is that? And what and why would you create consistent content? Because that's all work, right? Everyone yeah. goes, "Oh, that's so hard." But why would we do it? Well, first of all, in building your personal brand, if you feel like it's hard and you don't want to do it, maybe adjust what you're doing because I'm having a damn good time. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it drop. Should be, it sh- you know, you should be accumulating wins and that should be like a pretty pleasurable feeling uh-huh. one, making you want to create more. Yeah. But that's just something I want to start with. Um, the reason that I think it's important to build your personal brand is something no one can take away from you. Yeah. It's diversifying within yourself. You know, you can have a job and not have it the next day. But a personal brand, something that you've created yourself, no one can take that from you. And that's a business that you can, if you lose your job the next day, you could, you could just double down on that and potentially make the same money you're making or more. I always look at it as like, why would you work with a salary when you're, so your salary is your roof, right? Mm-hmm. That's just can go. Like, yeah, the floor might be lower in entrepreneurship, but there's no ceiling. So that's why I think it's very important to build your personal brand because there's no ceiling. Literally, the sky's the limit. And if you work hard at it, you can make as much money as you want to make. The second thing, so diversifying and there's no roof. There's no limit. Those are the yes. two things that I look at every day and that's why I'm. The reason it's important to produce your own content, any brand, business, restaurant, clothing store, if you're not on Instagram, you're 10 years behind. Like you're just oh. so far behind, it's going to be in trouble for you. And eventually it's going to start costing you money. Yeah. It might not now. It might not now, but social media is only getting stronger. It's only getting bigger. All the people that thought it was like a wave and it'll go away, like, no, it's going to hurt you soon. So the reason you want to create that content is because you're competing with everyone, literally everyone. And fortunately, business owners, like if you're not like a millennial or in that area, you're a little older and you, and you still don't quite understand it. So if you take, take advantage of it now, you're going to be ahead of everyone. And that's what we're doing in Fullerton. So we're creating all this dope content. I post on their Instagrams five times a week. They're posting more than anyone in Fullerton combined weekly. So the reason it's important is because you want to establish yourself as an industry leader, just as you are doing in in your space and I'm doing in my space, restaurants need to do in their space. Establish yourself as an industry leader. Like, hey, we have the best food. Here's the photos to prove it. Come try it for yourself. And it's just so funny. Like, I'm I'm literally blown away. This is a perfect example of how some of the older generations and business owners don't get it. Like, I was talking to another restaurant owner just last night. And we were talking, it's, it's a, it's a lead that my, one of the businesses I work with is trying to set me up with and they kind of have someone doing it now, but their hand is in everywhere. They're like, well, my hand's in Yelp and my their hand's in my website. And it's also on Instagram, uh-huh. Facebook. And, All right. Well, I run Instagram accounts and I do it better than anyone. So 
like, this is what I'm offering you. But he was like, but he was so like, so active and being like, well, no, we do this, this, and this. And I was like, I can tell you really like who you're going with, but I'm telling you, like, I get it. Like if the, if the, if the wheel's not broken or if the uh, process isn't broken, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just telling you your content could be better. That's where we ended up because he was so like, he was so like, my content's good. And I was like, and then he was like, uh, and he's like, my content's good, as good as or equal to yours. And, I, and that's when I was just like, look, I've let you have every part of this conversation until now. Your content is not better than mine. So, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you know, I threw the cell out the door because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was like, look, if you were that blind, I'm really sorry. Your content is nowhere near mine. The point I'm trying to make of that is that good content, you need to train your eye for it. I understand that. But you need to be okay with, with taking the next step and being a better than the rest. Because I was like, I'm looking at your content right now. It's not very good. And I apologize. I don't mean it in a hard way. I'm just telling you, I love your system. I hope it works for you. I hope you build three more restaurants in the next three years, but you won't do it through Instagram. So good luck. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and so you know, exactly what you said, just because you don't personally use it doesn't mean that there's not millions of other people that do. And I know that I shared with you recently when, my daughter and I went to Byron Bay for the first time, or it was my first time going to Byron Bay just recently. We chose every single restaurant that we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner at, and every bar that we went to on Instagram. That's how we found them all. Well, let me tell you this. When we did our food exploration trips at Food Beast, we go to Instagram. We go to like hashtag Seattle food or Seattle foodies or food influencers in Seattle, and that's how we find what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And this is funny. I'm actually going to write this down for myself because I forgot to mention that. That's how it works. Restaurants at the top, they have good content and good food. Sometimes if your food and content is good enough, you don't even have to pay for it because the influencers will come and take it for you. Yeah. Literally. But if you're not utilizing influencer marketing, like you're kind of fucking up. No, not kind of. You are fucking up. <laughs> that's, where everyone, that's where everyone's looking. It just is. Totally. And I will go back. I interviewed Susanna Yee. I can't remember what episode it was, but I will link it up in the show notes at the bottom. She was talking about influencer marketing and it will blow your mind. We're not talking about the influencers that have got, you know, 700,000 followers and have never made a sale. Well, that's not who we're talking about. We're not talking about the yeah. flakes, but influencer marketing is where it's at. We're talking about highly engaged influencers. And full disclosure, I only have like 7,100 followers, but they're, they oh, love what I do. Massive engagement. They Huge love what engagement. I do. So the thing is, is like, do you want 700,000 followers who don't give a shit about you or the things you put out? It doesn't work. High engagement is what's going to sell it. And I, I think I even, um, apologies if that's me. Um, and I think I even told you, it was like, as you were looking for influencers, I was like, please send me your list because I'd love to vet them. Because I think there's a disconnect between older generations. Okay, so generations like Sam, you get it, right? Yeah. You get why to do it. Now, there, it might be a small disconnect on followers to ROI. Uh So now now I'm trying to like educate people and be like, yeah, okay, they have 100,000 followers, but have you looked at their posts? Like they don't get anything. Yeah. They're not even getting 1% of their, of their following. Now there's a disconnect. And I've even seen it with some of the influencers around here that I've worked with where the return is not there. Mm. Something's fishy. Something's fishy. So anyone who's listening and you're looking to use influencer marketing, please, please, please vet them. Make sure that the number of followers they have to their engagement is, is between 5 and 10%, at least. Mm. At mm. least 5 and 10%. If it's below 1%, there's fake followers involved. You don't even want to be involved. You're going to waste your money. And so that's one thing there's, and there's so much in this influencer space that I can go into. But if there's one thing that I was going to say that people need to do is make sure you're 
really thoroughly going through your influencers that you're working with. We totally need to jump on and do a completely new episode on influencer marketing yeah. because your your knowledge in this is is so huge. But obviously we've been in people's earbuds for quite a while already. So if we could if you could wrap up everything that we've talked about, what is the one thing that you would love to leave our listeners with today? Take massive action. If you start taking action in your life, everything will be better. Mentally, emotionally, with your relationships, with work, with working out, if you just act on the things that you want to do, your life will be better. Think about back when I was like a 21-year-old kid and just not my best version of me. I was like, wow, well, that would be great. This, uh, that would be great to do this. It would be great to do that, but I did nothing. I played video games and worked for someone else and my life never got better. But as soon as I started taking action, I'm like, well, maybe it would be good to have my own company and started working at that. Everything got better. Yeah, I love it. And that's, do- that's across the platform, like emotionally, emotionally too. Like every, my routine every day, I, I meditate every, meditating journal every day, night and day for my mentality. But if I didn't push myself to do that, I would still be an anxious mess. So take action on your lives. How do we follow you, Ricky? For everyone that's listening, how do we stay in contact with you? So you can follow me at, at Flex and Food. So on Instagram and Facebook, it's just flex and food, one word all the way through. And my business is so new. I mean, thriving, but thriving and so new that I'm still getting a website built right now. So we'll have to update the, uh, the information. But for now, it's just flex and food on, on Instagram and uh, Facebook. And I'd love to reach out, talk to you, help anyone who is listening. Yeah, and I totally recommend that you do reach out. Ricky's one of my favorite people in the world. I love chatting with you. You're so much fun. Thank you. And definitely check out Ricky's Insta stories. They're an absolute hoot. I love them. They're, they really, they, they make me laugh every day. Love it, love it. Thank Ricky, you, thank thanks you. so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. I've loved being beside you. You're such an inspiration in the, you know, in the passion that you bring to everything and how you've built your business. And uh, I can't wait be, to be in LA with you in just a couple of months. Sam, well, let me just say you're one of my favorite people as well. Thank you so much for everything you do. To be honest, you've been with me on this journey high and low. It just, it's crazy to think where we are now. So thank you very much. And thank you for having me on. You're amazing. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Okay. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.